I think one of the blocks is also because entrepreneurship is just not a very like, conventional career path. You don't see as many Asian Americans around you or API doing this, you know, and so it's hard because you feel like you are very much alone in the process. You're listening to Chief Executive Auntie, the podcast exploring the work lives of Asian Americans beyond the conventional doctor, lawyer, and engineer. I'm your host, Jennifer Duan Faltz. Welcome to the show, everyone. My guest today is Tanya Zhang, the co-founder of Nimble Made, a size-inclusive brand for Asian Americans. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. So tell me a little bit about your day-to-day work life. I know you are now doing Nimble Made full-time, is that right? Yes, that is correct. So I was actually working in the corporate space for a few years, and then I made the jump into running my own business with my co-founder. And so there was definitely kind of a transition between, you know, having like a nine to five or, you know, sometimes like a nine to seven day job and then just completely like working for yourself and like uh, working towards your own brand. And so I think it's, I think it's, it's, actually a pretty hard question to answer directly (laughs) I think um on I think the daily activities would be kind of all-encompassing working on like everything (laughs) it's 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 pretty hard to kind of pinpoint down like a certain structure but what my co-founder and I uh, how we kind of split up the um the duties is I'll take on a lot of kind of the brand and the marketing aspects of it, a lot of the kind of grassroots partnerships with like within like Asian American communities. He'll do a lot of kind of like the data, the finance, he'll do a lot of kind of the um, digital marketing as well. And we both kind of tackle together anything that we just don't really have a background in. So a lot of the SEO stuff that we just completely like learn from scratch, a lot of like just website optimization that we learned from um, from ourselves and like running the business we kind of like tackle those things together but structure wise it's kind of like a huge mess we try to be uh, we try to like work pretty pretty hard for like in like two hour kind of like sprints throughout the day and then take a rest do like the smaller tasks but make sure we like really focus and get like the most important thing done that day yeah I really I do kind of a variation on Pomodoro technique to like really buckle down for one period and then stop and either just take a break completely or do kind of like junk drawer tasks that don't that don't take a lot of time but then I all I never want to do them so I'm like okay I'll just do them like in little spurts and then it doesn't feel so horrible (laughs) yeah it's definitely easier than us like I feel like at the beginning we were we had just like an endless list of things to do just endless and it just like felt like every single day we weren't accomplishing anything and it was just it was hard so I definitely just prioritized that has helped us a lot and your business partner is also your life partner correct yes so Wesley King is my co-founder and we met three years ago through an app called coffee meets bagel and we've been dating for almost four years now does it ever make you crazy (laughs) Girl, yes. <laughs> um, it's it's tough. Honestly, I don't. We wouldn't recommend it to like every couple. Um, in fact, we don't 
recommend it to couples at all. <laughs> you have to be like really good with like separating like business and personal, even though mm-hmm. a lot of the times those conversations are like a mix of both. And so it's, it's definitely very tough, but it's also really fun. Yeah. Do you have specific boundaries around like, okay, at dinner today, we are not talking about <laughs> nimble made or anything like that? Yeah, I think we, we try to set those guidelines early on. We're like, okay, after, you know, 7pm, don't talk about work. And it was honestly really hard because I think we both really enjoy what we do. We both really like talking about work. And we don't, I feel like it was really, it was, I feel it's just all kind of our identities have kind of just been meshed into one, you know? And so it is, it is tough. I think <laughs> I, I remember like a few, a few nights ago, like last week we were at a restaurant and we we're eating and all of a sudden we got into like this really heated like debate about whether or not we should like reshoot the, like our dress shirts on our website. And it just got like super heated for like no reason. And all of a sudden we were like this couple that was like yelling at each other in like in a restaurant, but like not like yelling, like, you know, like, like, like hate, but like yelling as in like, just like debating, like, like voicing each other's opinions very like strongly. And I think it was just kind of one of those moments where it was like, Oh my God, I'm so tired. Like, why are we doing this right now? <laughs> Yeah, I can I can only imagine. My husband is a scientist and I oh. also have a science degree, but I don't think I am temperamentally cut out for like actual bench science. And yep. so before before our kid was born, I would like occasionally go into lab and like try to help him with stuff and he would he basically would like fire me <laughs> within a couple <laughs> within a couple minutes because I'm not detail oriented enough for mm. his standards, which is probably a good thing mm. when working when you know, you gotta Definitely. know your limits, right? Definitely. So. It's always a balancing act. Like I'm 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 glad that I'm more of like the right side, like the art like like the art side of the brain kind of thing. And Wesley's definitely more kind of like left brain. So that that helps a little bit. I've been talking with a couple friends lately about finances, like amongst couples and you know feel free to share as much or as little as you like, mm-hmm. but how did you decide how to separate your personal finances, both as individuals and maybe together and the business finances? Yeah, I think that's one of the those like touchy subjects, which makes it even like harder as a couple too. Um, at the very beginning, we both decided to put in like an equal sum amount into the business. Um, I think we put in like a 5k together and that was just to get things started like get the website going get some samples you know like just get, just get everything kind of like the foundation set up and so that's kind of like how we just like mutually de- uh, agreed on that number but obviously we have had to put in more capital since and I think that <clears throat> right now Wesley and I because we bootstrap our business we are taking money out of our savings so we both do that and we also freelance a little bit on the side so I'll pick up some like design gigs on the side and he'll do some digital marketing for like his clients and then we'll put those that money and that income into the business as well so it's very kind of just like reinvesting into the business um but it is a really kind of like weird conversation to have uh you there needs to be a very like uh there needs to be like a solid level of trust to even start talking about like numbers you know you're kind of like "Mm, you say it first you know so I mean it's tough but 
again, like Wesley and I have been together for almost four years now. And I think we're very good at um, focusing on like what needs to be done for the business. And so just naturally, we're not as like shy when it comes to those numbers and having that conversation. Yeah, I think as I've gotten older and gotten married and had a kid and just had to be more responsible, I'm not really shy about anything anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I had somebody ask me once like, oh, when do you talk to clients about money about like the price of your project? I'm like, in the first email? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I'm not here to run a charity. I'm here to run a business. I really like the how you freelance on the side in Mm -hmm. order to fund sort of your main your main project that's kind of how I work too like Mm -hmm. I I have a corporate client who pays me really really well the writing is not like earth shattering or amazing or anything like that but it pays the bills and that means I don't have to I don't know you know go work somewhere else that takes more time Mm -hmm. and I still have more time to work on the podcast and the materials I'm developing for Asian Americans. So I, you know, I think a lot of younger freelancers and business owners think, okay, everything I have to do has to be something I'm passionate about. And it's like, Mm. well, not necessarily. You can do something to pay the bills and then have enough time left over to do what it is that you really, really care about. That's been been my experience. Um, Tell me a little bit about your background. So you are, you also are a designer, um, where did you go to school? What did you study? And how has that contributed to um, starting Nimble Made? Yeah, sure. So I'm originally from Los Angeles. Uh, I was born and raised there. And I went to school at UC San Diego. So I actually went to a STEM school with a design major. So it was a very interesting experience definitely not the kind of like practical design you would get um, going to an art school obviously but learned a lot about like like the art like art theory and also a lot about like computing the arts is kind of like what my major was so I had to like pick up like computer science classes it's kind of a weird major but um it's cool yeah it was it was a really cool experience I Right after I graduated um, UC San Diego, I moved to New York City and I started a career in advertising. And so I was working as an art director, designer in in an ad agency in New York City. And so that's kind of how I started. Um, From there, I basically like jumped to a couple of like different, um, I guess, like industries. I switched to a fintech startup where I was like an in-house designer. Um, I was actually one of their first like brand hires that they made so that was a pretty cool experience I got to wear like a bunch of different hats and then from there I actually made the leap into working at a pretty big um, consulting firm Uh, I was there as a senior visual design consultant so working a lot with like financial services clients again this is like very like very very corporate (laughs) very corporate Um, but for the most part my background is design, branding, like art direction. So I'm like pretty familiar with like doing like photo shoots, designing like a logo and a brand identity, uh, making everything really cohesive across like collateral, like what whether that's like flyers or like business cards, or, like brochures or like signage or anything on social. So I've always kind of been working with brands. And so that just very naturally came to me when I was building the Nimble Made brand with my co-founder. Yeah, that's really awesome. Was it scary to switch industries or switch jobs? 
Um, when I was like, you mean within the corporate space? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Is it difficult? I would say I had a really great time working in advertising and I learned a lot. I think people who are in it or have heard about it know that it's a really hard uh, industry to kind of survive in. It's like very high turnover rate and, you know, like the pay is low, the hours are long. And so I was in there for a few years and I knew that I was burning out. And so I think that decision to leave it was actually very, very easy. I actually quit my job at the ad agency before I had the next job lined up because I just, it was, it was just, it was just so tiring, so I couldn't do yeah. it anymore. But I think I was just naturally just very curious about, like, what else there was to learn. And so I think that's kind of why I had, like, jumped to so many different jobs within a very short time frame. And so I think that, that ultimately just says that. I was just, like, I just have, like, a very entrepreneurial spirit. And I was looking for something to, like, fulfill me and, like, to make me really excited to go into work every day and sit, like, in an office with, like, other people. And I just could never, like, really... I just never really found that or like felt that at those different like corporate jobs that I had. And so I think I was like, huh, maybe I should just like do my own thing. <laughs> yeah, that was my experience too. Like I, 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 my training is in education. So I taught high school science for kind of a couple years in fits and starts. And then I worked in just like administration. Mm -hmm. And every time I'd be like, you know, there's something... I really don't like about this work. Now there and now to be sure there's no such thing as a perfect job. There's always going to be something that you don't like and that doesn't mean you should quit every single job that you <laughs> go through. Yes. Um, but yeah, I was kind of the same way. I'm like, okay, after working, you know, for other people for 5 or 6 years, I'm like, I think I'm just going to make my own job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um at what point did you decide that you were ready to make the jump to Nimble Made full-time? Yeah, honestly, it was a very hard decision that took me a really, really long time to make. I was at my most, I was at, I was at my corporate job for, I think about like a year. I was kind of like at that year mark. Um, and I had already been thinking about leaving it for like six months, I think. So um, I don't know. I think this is, for me, it was a really tough decision because to my parents who had worked so hard to get me and my sister here, they were like, oh, you've already made it. You're at a, you're at a high reputation, like well-paying like job. You should just stay there. It's like stable, you know, like you're kind of just basically set for life. And here I was telling them that like I wanted to quit it and just make like no money whatsoever. Right. Um, and so I think that 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 leap was really hard for me to like make. And I definitely needed the blessing of my parents to be able to do it. And so when I had like started thinking about it six months out, I had already started talking to my mom about it, you know, and I was like very, I was very, um, I was very transparent, but also trying to be a little strategic with how I like approached it. It wasn't just like, hey, mom, I'm, I'm thinking about quitting. Right. Um, and so I was kind of like oh, wouldn't this be, like, a cool idea? Like, wouldn't dress shirts be, like, a cool idea, Mom? Um, yeah, so just really kind of starting to, like, loop her in and, like, plant the idea in her mind a little bit, like, day after day. Um, and so I think eventually, I mean, obviously she was like, don't do it, but, you know, I support you and I love you anyway. Um, so, 
yeah, I think it, 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 it took a while for her to kind of, like, get on board. I think even today, she's not, like, super, like, fully on board, even though she's, like, proud of me. It's, like, this whole, like, oh, tr- like, traditional mindset. Um, but even when I had her blessing and my dad was, like, that's cool, I'll do it. Even when I had the blessing of my, my parents, I just couldn't get over, like, my own mental kind of, like, barrier. I was just so... and even today, so afraid of, like, failure and so afraid of telling people what I was going to do just in case that it failed and they'd be like, oh, like, you know, like, Tanya failed. But, like, in reality, like, no one, like, really remembers or they really care or they really think about it. And so I just, like, couldn't get over... Like, even though I really, really wanted to, like, do my own thing, I just... It, was, it took me... I was just, like, on the edge for so long, like, trying to, like, take like, that leap of faith into kind of investing in myself. And that's just such, like, a... Oh, that's such a hard obstacle to overcome because everyone is different. Everyone has, like, their own uh, driving factors that eventually, like, help them do it. I think, for me, what really helped was thinking that, okay, you know, like, some people, after, like, they they graduate from college, they take, like, a year gap, or they take, like, a year break, they go on, like, vacation, you know, like, I never, like, did that, I went straight into internship, and then straight into, like, my career, and so I was just, like, okay, you know, like, worst case, I take, like, a one to two year break, and try this out, and then if it doesn't work out, I just get, like, another job, and I think that was, like, oh, yeah, like, that makes sense, like, I felt like that was kind of, like, uh, an excuse or like something like a reason I need it for my mind to be like oh yeah that like that is like logical and that makes sense and you need a break too anyway so why don't you just like do it and so I think that like that kind of line alone like really helped me be able to make that jump yeah one of my first guests said almost the same thing Mm -hmm. like if you go and start your business you really don't have that much to lose in terms of like employability it's not like someone's gonna be like oh, you tried to start your own business? We're never hiring you again. Like, Especially if you can show like what you learned in that process and what skills you added. Like people, like one of my good friends just got a job after taking two or three years off to Mm -hmm. raise her children. And like nobody actually bats an eye Mm -hmm. at you know, Gap, like if, if they're a good employer. I mean, there are, there are certainly companies that will not be so nice about that. But, you know, I think we get into our own heads too much. Like, oh my gosh, what if I fail? It's going to be the end. It's like, no, you just go get another job. <laughs> like, at the very least, you can go get another job. And if you, but if you, but then what if you do succeed, then you've got your own thing and it's, and it's great. Um, yeah. I think one of the blocks is also because entrepreneurship is just not a very like, conventional career path. And so you don't see a lot of like, you, you don't see as many Asian Americans around you or like, API who are like doing this you know and so it's hard because you feel like you are very much alone in the process and you're like oh well like my friends aren't doing it so like like how can like how can I do it right and so I think it was just the fact that like the representation in this space and like while there are very successful like Asian Asian American API entrepreneurs and founders um I didn't have that many like within my circle or within my community and so it just seems like such a foreign like a foreign career path, like something that I didn't think would actually like work. Yeah, it's and that's why I started this podcast (laughs) in the first place. And the thing is, though, if once you start looking Mm. for AAPI entrepreneurs, then you start to find them everywhere. It's just a matter of looking. And of course, they don't get covered in Mm. mainstream media typically. And so you just 
but yeah, once you once you look for them, then you can start to find them. Yeah, I had the same experience. Like all of my parents' friends were either academics or professionals, or they were like working in the service industry, and so there were not a whole lot of entrepreneur real examples for me to go from. Mm. What are some of the challenges and rewards of running Nimble Maid? Oh man, I think it's a long list of challenges. <laughs> it's a really long list of challenges. Um, I think for me, I'm a very, I like to be very organized and very prepared in like everything that I do. And I think when you're when you're running with your own startup, there's no there's no guidance and there's no like right answer for anything. Um, like on a daily basis, Wesley and I will be like brainstorming. We'll be like, oh, should we or should we not like order more shirts, for example, right? And it would literally be like, I don't like I don't like I have no idea. Like, how do we find this answer, right? And so that happens like all the time. And so I think the biggest challenge for me is that there's no. There's no guidance because every product and every brand and every business is different. I think a lot of the times that we like when we talk to other entrepreneurs, other founders, we're trying to like compare notes and be like, oh, what's working for you and what's working for us and like, you know, share tips and stuff like that. But in the end, like while that is helpful, we run like very different businesses. Right. And even if it's like pretty similar where we're both selling like like fashion online, it's still very different because like the demographics are different, you know, like our niche is very, very different. And so I think that's the that's the that's definitely like the biggest challenge for me is to always be operating within a space where everything is unknown or like there's no answers. I can like look online and do research and prep as much as I as I want. But in the end, I ultimately have to make that educated guess and be like, okay, I think we should. Um, that's really, that's really hard for me because I think working within the corporate space, you you are you are operating within certain kind of like there are processes when it comes to like working within like a corporate job, right? You have a supervisor who you can go to if you have questions. They have a supervisor who can also help. You know, like there are there's like there's um there are ways in which they've approached certain projects that they can like teach you and tell you like what to do, but when you're kind of running your own thing, there's like, you don't have that to kind of like rely on or or fall back on and you don't have a paycheck, right? So you don't have a paycheck that like validates like what you're doing is like, right? And so it's just like perpetual cycle of like, oh, is this right? I'm not sure, let's try it. No feedback. Okay, let's try this again. No feedback, let's try this, you know? So it's always this kind of like cycle of like, I don't know what is going on, but I think we're slowly improving, hopefully. (laughs) So I think that's, that's definitely like the biggest challenge. Um, when it comes to rewards, I really like this question because a lot of the times people just ask like, what are the challenges? And I think that there's so many, so it's so, so easy to go into it and be like, this is like a horrible, like it, it can c- come off as something that's like really like hard and really horrible to like do or try. But I think that like, even like a lot of times Wesley and I, we don't, we don't often like celebrate our wins when we get them and so it's hard for us to even sometimes think about like the rewards of it um but 
there there are a lot like there really really are a lot I think the biggest thing is that when I was working at my corporate job I just felt like I was wasting so much time I felt like I was like sitting there for like 40 50 like 60 hours a week working on something that I like I just didn't care about you know or that I could finish in like half the time and in like the other half of the time I would be like sitting around because I just had to sit there until like you know six or seven Mm -hmm. and it was just like I, I just felt like my life was like draining away. I was just like, I just wanted to get home so I can like log on to like Shopify and start like building my website, you know, start like selling and start like trying new things and like ultimately just like be on a faster track to like learn more about, learn more about business, but also like learn more about like myself, you know, like learn more about like what challenges I could take on without, you know, like breaking down or like asking for help. But just like really just like, I think like the biggest reward is being able to commit all your time, all your energy into something that you like really care about without the restrictions of like needing to go into the office for the day, you know? Um, and so like Wesley and I too, like we're, we're actually both full time. And so we spend all of our time together and we live together and we like recently got like a dog together. So it's really like really all in one. And so while there are like the downsides and the cons of that, like the upsides is like, it just, it's, it's so fun. We're having a blast together. Like it would be like Wednesday and we'll be like, Oh, like we're too tired. Like, let's just like not work today. Totally fine. You know, like you don't need to tell a boss. You, you don't need to like fake and like call sick and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> so I think that's just like, I think having the freedom is having the freedom to kind of like live your life is just so I just like feel like I can like breathe breathe again yeah 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 and going back to kind of what you said about your parents kind of you know they worked so hard to get here and oh my gosh how can you quit your job because they worked so hard to get here but you know the way I've been thinking about it lately they worked hard to get us here so we could be free and we could be Mm -hmm. happy and man, wouldn't it be a waste of all of their effort if we were trapped and mm. miserable instead? Mm. Um, I don't know if that actually works when you explain it to your parents <laughs> that you're quitting your job. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but that's that's at least what I've kind of gotten into my head. Yeah. And, you know, you know, in with my work, the greatest reward is pretty simple, is like, being able to go to my kid's Halloween mm-hmm. party and not have to call in sick or take time off yeah. or you know, whatever. Um, I mean, that's not the greatest reward, but you know, it's, it's a very simple, but it's a very tangible thing for me. Mm. So I'm so glad that you have been able to build something that is fulfilling and flexible and, and it sounds like you're having great success. I know you've been featured in HuffPost and, um, Yahoo and a couple Mm -hmm. other brands. So what, um, do you have any, plans kind of for the next step of nimble made yeah I, I would say we're still we're still pretty early stage like even though we've had a it, it's funny because people will come to us they'll like go to the site and they'll be like wow this is like a established brand when really it's still just like me and wesley two-person team um and we're still like very early stage and so <clears throat> And so I think there's there's definitely a lot coming up in the pipeline. Like we currently have 11 dress shirts that we sell online, like 11 different styles. And what we're doing now is we're going to roll out probably two to three times more um, within the next year for sure. So we're going to expand our product selection. We're going to keep working on trying to get some more press. 
we're gonna we've been doing um some more kind of partnerships with um asian american kind of like orgs and like communities just to do more kind of like grassroots stuff and get our word out to like the asian american um groups so that's been really great i think wesley and i are really excited because we've only been doing this for like a year full time now and it's like flown it's flown by like crazy but we've like really we've really learned a lot i think so much more than we we have had so much more than we had when we were working um at our corporate jobs and so and it's across all aspects right like when you're at a corporate job you're very much siloed within one department working on like one thing because you're just one like cog kind of in the whole process of of, of everything whereas now Wesley and I are like literally doing everything like while we're thinking like yes we're thinking about like the vision as you know sort of like the leaders of the brand but on the side we're also you know like trying to like figure out the code on like the back end of like the website so it's very executional but it's also like you get to do like the really fun stuff of like thinking about like the future and thinking about like the brand so I think while we're very early stage, this is um, this is a really exciting uh, part of the journey for us. Uh, we're I mean we're just going to keep on testing, keep on talking to our customers and see like what they want to see, how they like their fit, um, and then just keep improving, just keep improving from there. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to see what's coming up next. I'm going to maybe see if I can get my husband one of these. He is six feet That's tall. That's fine. Though, so. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. We've- okay. I will I will poke around for Christmas yeah. shopping. Um, do you have any words of advice or encouragement for Asian Americans who want to start their own business in general or want to go into fashion specifically? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... For those who are thinking about starting your own thing, I think it's very important. I think mostly because whenever I get asked this question, I'm kind of just like, just do it. Just make the leap of faith and, you know, just like throw yourself into the hole. Um, But at the same time, I want to make sure that you're set up to like succeed. Right. And so I think that means having an emergency like savings fund that you have so that you can you know survive and like eat and stuff like that that's like super important I think once you've like taken the steps to make sure that you have enough money saved up and you have like a place to live you know then I think is when you can start to like really think about leaving like a full-time job to do something completely yourself because it takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of time and so I think that's really important to first and foremost like make sure that you are taken care of and that's super important and so I think like once like if you have an idea and you have enough like money saved up, I think start talking to people around you, start to kind of like validate that business idea. A lot of the times I feel like people are really like shy to to tell people about their idea or like really uh, they don't really want to like say it out loud because I feel like that puts them that makes them very like vulnerable and like with like a higher potential to like fail almost but that's like completely like false you should just tell literally tell everyone you know right if you have an idea you should tell everyone you know like put it out into the universe and see what you get back I think it's really important to get that feedback first and foremost as um as a business person you want to get very objective like a feedback based off your idea or based off your product and so that's very important right um and I think that once you've kind of like gotten it started and you're excited about it and you're kind of at that inflection point of your of whether or not you should leave a corporate job for it, I would say honestly 
do both for like a little bit and see if you can handle it. A lot of the times, like I think people will think that in order to have my own business, I have to leave my full time job and I have to, you know, just go all in on this. Yes, that's like one option. But at the same time, there are a lot of people who like work for their full time jobs because they like they like like it too. And they like having this like side hustle too. And so I don't think it's like you absolutely need to leave your job it just depends like what you like and what you want to do and just realize that there are people who are honestly doing both and they're like killing it and they like love it too you know and so th- just 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 keep in mind that's like another option but it's so fun <laughs> like I like love it I like I freaking love it and I'm like open to, to anyone who like has any like questions to me you can just like reach out whenever but it's been it's been a blast I, I will say that if you're thinking about fashion inventory is a huge pain it's a huge huge pain I can only imagine I never deal with physical products (laughs) everything I do is digital so I never have to deal with like stuff that's smart yeah whenever possible don't hold (laughs) don't hold physical inventory especially in your small New York City apartment (laughs) oh my goodness yeah yeah that's definitely that's definitely the hardest part I think of fashion is that you need to order so many different styles and they have so many different sizes within each style and then when you work with a supplier there's a minimum order quantity that you have to meet and sometimes it'll be like thousands and thousands of of like skews is what they say and you'll be like oh shit that's already like you know 20 30 plus grand and so that's when you're like oh I need to get like a loan or something but anyway that's that's the downfall with fashion and that and if you're selling online e-commerce like return and exchange rate usually is pretty high you get like a 20 to like 30 percent is like the average for like the industry and so be aware that you're going to be doing a lot of for us we have to like re-steam you know the shirts we have to like refold the shirts when they're like it's being exchanged or returned excuse me or returned so that's um another that's another challenge (laughs) for us for sure. Well, it sounds like you are up to some amazing things. And um, where can people find you online? Yes. So you can find us online at nimblemade.com. That's N-I-M-B-L-E made, M-A-D-E.com. Um, you can also find us on Instagram. That's the same name at nimblemade. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tanya. Hey, thank you. This has been a blast. It was so nice talking to you. It was great to finally talk to you sort of face-to-face. Yeah, yeah. Online. The internet is amazing. Exactly. Thanks for tuning in to Chief Executive Ante. You can find show notes, resource links, and more Ante rants at chiefexecutiveante.com. That's chiefexecutive, A-U-N-T-I-E.com. Special thanks to Sue Ann Shaw, who mixed and mastered this episode and composed the music. Alyssa De La Rosa, who created the branding, and my distribution partner, Mochi Magazine. Check out more stories for Asian American women at www.mochimag.com. That's M-O-C-H-I-M-A-G.com. See you next time.